What's up, world? It's your boy, Big Court, from the Holding Court Podcast. See, HCP is where the streets and black excellence meet, and is brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. What's up, world? It's your boy, Big Court, of the Holding Court Podcast. We here for another one. What's going on, team? What's going on, daughter? Try not to get blown away. Oh, yeah? Are you <laughs> yeah. fanning out today? I am. Okay. I know. I just put my sister on some movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what up with your producer, Ken? Hey, I'm on, I'm on the same thing, man. It's, it's always nice when you got a legend in here. You know That's what right. I mean? Someone Uh-oh. to talk to. I just uh, want to point something out real quick to the people. I know y'all oh, been watching all of <laughs> <laughs> He going to roast you know me. I, I usually uh, shave uh, Y'all I see? Because you know they be on your ass in the comments <laughs> I anyway. I know. Anyway. So know. you see Ken didn't give a shit. He walked in here, he's trying to see what's cracking with his hair. Hey, that's I'm here to produce. That's yeah, he trying to see what's cracking. He's letting the hair grow in. You know what I mean? We never seen any with it. Don't be mad at him, man. Don't be mad at him. Listen to my boy. OG Bobby Johnson just said don't be mad. I got it. Let me give him the proper introduction, man. We do have a legend. We have uh man, what really uh I wouldn't even say arguably, but he is definitely the the what they refer to known as the essential black character actor. Uh, oh, geez. How many titles? Yeah, he looked shocked. <laughs> the essential character black Yeah, he just gave you that um, title? I got some. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? How many titles? I, I couldn't even... You've been in over what? Maybe. 100 and... I mean, you just mean titles like... Yeah, TV, projects? TV 185, 185 films. And many of them like uh, cultural legends and mm-hmm. staples in the culture. Man. Yeah. I was just watching this weekend... Was that you and Speed? Yeah, in, yep. In Speed the, two. <laughs> Speed was, two. No, no, the first wasn't the. No, first it was one. Speed two, I think. Was Speed it? one and two. Oh, mm-hmm. one yeah. And two. But in the okay. first one, it was the Jaguar. The Jaguar. Thing. Second one, I was in the boat. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was totally unrelated. I was just watching that oh, this wow. weekend. Wow. And then when you had sent me the list, I said, yeah. oh, "Was that yeah. right So okay. we got the OG Glenn Plummer. What's going on with you, yes, bro? Yeah, oh, nothing, man. I'm just, you know. I appreciate you making it, Amazed and excited about being here. I I normally, I don't do podcasts, man. I know you don't. You call me. (laughs) I know you don't. You call me. (laughs) You call me at a time in my life where I guess it's okay, man. I feel like, you know, uh, I don't, like I said, I don't normally do this, but yeah. you know, I just come to sit down and talk to y'all and see what y'all it. talking about. I appreciate about, it, but man. you got to come get your flowers. That's what we do. We celebrate folks yeah. on this platform. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. You know, so we I definitely wanted that. to do that because you know, do you get offended um, or annoyed when people call you OG Bobby Johnson? Never. Good. That's cool. Never. That's what's up. It never offends me. Never. You know, people ask me that all the time, mm-hmm. and it's like, nope. Yeah, is it? I, I mean, it's a testament to how well you delivered that character to where people in real life refer to you. As yeah, that. yeah, you know, and and regardless of uh, you know what the box office and things like that say, mm-hmm. I know it did what it was supposed to do because we did that movie for a reason. And when you know, twelve year old kids walk up to me and call yep. me OG Bobby Johnson, I'm like, okay, that worked. <laughs> exactly, that worked. Exactly, it and did what it was supposed to do. And that was a legendary movie yeah. for us, for you sure, I mean? for like, sure. Growing up in Sacramento, yeah. I'm Love. from Richmond. Hey, I don't man. know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Nine one six in the house. Yes, right. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to peel that back for a second too. So kind of starting just briefly. So you from Richmond, California? Yes, sir. That's the uh, that, is that. Considered the Bay or yep. outside yeah. the Bay? Absolutely yeah. the Bay. Filthy. Absolutely the Bay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's yeah, it like growing up in, rich, in, huh? in, in the rich? What was it like growing up in Richmond? You wanted from a little kid, you know what I mean? Adolescent, like 
14. Yeah, let's start started. there because that's normally when you start smelling your piss. So 14. <laughs> yeah, so but you know what? Growing up in Richmond, man, <laughs> no. Outside. See, because that's the Bay Area. Then you from Berkeley and then mm -hmm. it's a whole different atmosphere. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people from where I'm from started smelling their piss around 10, mm -hmm. 9, 8 for me. Mm, damn, you know it was what early. I mean? Because yeah. I started about 12, 13. It was early on for yeah. us, man. We, you know, we got around. Mm-hmm. You know, living that close to Berkeley, yeah, it happens like that. How, how did how did you avoid the pitfalls of what Richmond had to offer in the streets? Who said I avoided them? I mean, you didn't go to prison. I didn't get caught. Okay, that's my story. Too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. well, yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I ain't gonna kinda. say I avoided them. I just didn't get caught. No, you know how I avoided a man back when we was doing wrong, mm -hmm. bad, mm -hmm. when we was wilding out. Mm -hmm. It was a different day. It was a different time. Plenty of times I've been, you know, taken out of somebody's backyard from being in somebody's house I wasn't supposed to be in, or, you know, just climbing in somebody's tree we wasn't supposed to be climbing in. And then, you know, some um, other, you know, little things we did. And I, I can't believe we got away with like one time we stole all these things out of this car lot. We went to this uh, car lot and took all these tires, something anyway. I ain't admitting to nothing. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then we got we got caught. But I see I didn't get caught. I I was somewhere else and then somebody came in and pointed me out. Oh wow. Because I got away. Yeah. And so we ended up in the back of the police car and they took us home. Mm -hmm. So when I say it was a different time, yeah. That's what I mean. Right. right. We never got taken to the police station. Mm. We always got taken. Oh. So it was more community policing. Dude, yeah. it, not even, like, they didn't have to know you. Yeah. It, you know, you could be anywhere. Like, half our, you know, we, we grew mm -hmm. up in the projects like that. And then mm -hmm. on the other side of town, there was some white folks over there and some mm -hmm. Mexicans over there, Chinese people. And wherever you got mm -hmm. caught, they just, the police just took you home. One mm -hmm. time, one time, I ran into a problem. Mm -hmm. And it was a situation that I couldn't do nothing about because I started taking this photography class. And it was at like seven o'clock in the morning before school started. Mm -hmm. And I was going to Pinot Valley High School, which was like 20 minutes outside of town from where I lived. And my friend, uh, I think his name was Clifford. His sister's name was Tracy. They were a little more, their family was a little more affluent than ours. Mm -hmm. So he gave me a 35 millimeter camera. Mm -hmm. He didn't give it to me, he let me use it. Mm -hmm. So coming from where I was coming from, I'm walking up the street at six o'clock in the morning trying to make it to school by seven and I got this like, you know, three, four, five hundred dollar camera hanging around my neck. And the police saw me, right? And uh, actually that's not even why he stopped me. He stopped me because I picked the newspaper up off the ground. And, you know, I was on my way to school. I just picked it up off the sidewalk. Was that and illegal? Was walking with it. Right. Was it legal? Was that illegal to do? To pick up a random newspaper? Yes, it was. Really? I wasn't thinking about it. It was somebody's newspaper. Oh, I see. Right? Okay. And it was a major street, okay. McDonald Avenue, but there mm -hmm. was houses on one side of it. Mm -hmm. I wasn't thinking, I just picked it up and I was getting ready to start reading it and he pulled me over. He came, he, you know, pulled over and was like, hey, you know, that's uh, that's uh, theft of private property or something he said to me. I was like, what? He's like, the newspaper. You, I was like, oh, I'll put it back. Mm -hmm. And he was like, no, you won't. And I was like, what? And he's like, no, you won't. You picked that up, you still. And I was like, man, I'll just put it back. Yeah. And then he was like, nah, I mean, if I remember it clearly, that's why he stopped me. But then he asked me whose camera I had around my neck. 
because obviously, you know, uh, some, some about I couldn't afford it. And then another police officer showed up and then I ended up in juvie. Like, wow. immediately, like it was weird. Over a it random was newspaper. Newspaper, I couldn't afford the camera. Mm -hmm. They took it off my neck. They thought I'd stole it. Mm -hmm. And they ran me in and then they just took me to juvenile hall in Martinez. And I'll never forget it. It was the one time I was really happy to see my dad. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. seriously happy to see my dad because I was sitting in a cafeteria in juvenile hall in Martinez, California. And all I heard was this ruckus, just doors banging and boom, boom, where yet, where yet? Bam, doors crashing open. You know, we sitting there looking and everybody looking and then doors kicked open and my pops walked into the cafeteria. Clear, mm. I looked up, let's go. Just came in there and got me. Mm -hmm. I looked around like, ooh, I know y'all wish y'all had one of these. <laughs> so you grew up with your dad? Kinda sorta. Mm -hmm. Kind of, sort of, not, mm -hmm. not, he came back, I think I was 13. Mm -hmm. You know, my, yeah. you know, you know, I see, because, damn, okay, I'm finna age myself, and this mm -hmm. is me, and don't take this the wrong way, but growing up where I grew up, and my mom was on welfare for the, you know, first 10, 11, 12 years of my life, like I said, we lived in the projects, mm -hmm. and it wasn't always copacetic for the man to be around the house. When the social worker came around, we had to hide the iron, we had to hide the toaster. So and Claudine was real. Dude, it's real, bro. And people wow. can say whatever they want to say wow. because people always talk about, you know, black families, whatever, mm -hmm. divorce rate, whatever. Music and welfare tore the black family apart mm -hmm. in, our gen in our generation. I I'm telling you that because I grew up there. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Music, welfare, tore it apart. Women, if the man was around, if the mother wanted to go to school, couldn't get no more welfare. Mm. She got a little job, they wouldn't give her no welfare. Yeah. And you know, couldn't make enough money. We had, she had three kids. My mom had three children. Mm -hmm. Cleaning people's houses. I used mm -hmm. to go with her. One of the children was mentally challenged. To this mm -hmm. day, I still love mustard on my sandwiches because when I went over there, my mom wouldn't let me put anything else on my sandwiches because the little girl liked mustard. Mm. And if I put anything else on my sandwich besides mustard, yeah. you know, if I put mayonnaise, or, you know, the little girl would have a problem with it. Her name mm -hmm. was Kimmy, I'll never forget that. So to this day, right yeah. now, 62 years old, if I get a hot dog, BLT, any kind of sandwich, just wow. mustard. And did you your know, dad- Go ahead, go ahead. Know, did your dad want to, did you, aside from the welfare and everything, did you feel like your dad wanted to be a part of your life and that your mom uh, wanted him? You know what, as any, you know, any family, you know, we had our problems, mm -hmm. whatever, and he was around as much as he could, you know, seasonal work, mm -hmm. construction work, mm -hmm. or that type of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was off and on, but he wasn't around enough for me to really say he was there, there. Mm -hmm. He was there, but he wasn't there, there. And part of the reason why I made that movie South Central, mm -hmm. that same little aspect, you know okay. what I'm saying? Because I knew the reason why things happened to me that happened to me. Mm -hmm. Because you know what I'm saying? Yep. Because like, yep. I used to run off all the time mm -hmm. and if my dad was around, mm, but if it was just mm -hmm. me and my mom, I met my mom one time, my mom sat me down, 12 years old. She said, you know, I, I, you, I have to have this talk with you because I can't take you running off. You have to understand something. When you run off, I can't sleep. Mm -hmm. I can't breathe. You hurt yeah. hard. You out in the world. No, I, was, I was the youngest mm -hmm. of yeah. three kids. I'm worried about you. Yep. So if you bend in corners, you have to let me know. And this is a true story. From that point on, 12 years old, everything I love, if I turned the corner, I'd let my mom know. Mm 
mm-hmm. because we came to an agreement. But before that, Rob, Sunday, I would leave at 6 o'clock in the morning before everybody woke up and wouldn't come home till 12, 10. Yeah. I was 8, 9. So you wasn't paying attention to the light, street lights coming. I was, you know what? Sense. And the crazy part is, man, <laughs> coming home at that time, <clears throat> I would walk down the middle of the street mm-hmm. because I didn't want to walk on the sidewalk because somebody could be hiding in between the cars. Mm-hmm. So I would yeah. walk down the middle of the street, scared as hell. Yeah, Still running off, though. Knew wow. I was gonna get my ass kicked when I yeah. got home, but I still ran off. I yeah. just, I just, I had to, I had to, I had to move. That's funny that you say that with the room. with the dad being in there because my situation was similar. You know, when I was fifteen, I went to jail mm. uh, as a juvenile. Uh, matter of fact, your mother was pregnant with you, and so uh, I went to jail. And I remember my dad. I didn't really grow up with my dad, and I remember him getting me a lawyer. Oh, there you and go. I'm thinking in my head, damn, he came through for me. Right. You know, like that's crazy. Right. But as I got older, I said, well, damn, maybe if he had been around, he wouldn't have had to get that lawyer, you know, because, you know, I was the only child with a single mom. Wow. And my mother told me prior to me catching that case that I was going to catch that case. But, you know, I'm thinking I'm grown, I'm smelling my piss, you know. So as I got older, it really resonated to me how important it was to have that that male figure, you know, even though our moms do, do some of them do hella, they do well. You know, my mother did good, but still it's something about having that dad there, that male figure that you know that's you gonna know, get in your- I, 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 I think it's just having a parent in the house. Mm-hmm. If you have a single mom, mm-hmm. if she has to work, mm-hmm. That's eight hours out the day, bro. Yeah, that's you, right. You're not gonna see her. But even if you still have a dad, though, it's that male presence. You know what I mean? Because I, I wasn't, I was afraid of my mom, but probably not like I would have been a male with that energy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's one thing to come home and know, okay, my mama gonna cuss me out. She gonna scream and holler. But it's still that feminine energy. But if I know I gotta come home yeah. and face some pressure, yeah. you know, I might yeah. make a different decision. Men regulate. I can't say that, bro. Yeah. My mom was pressure, homie. Yeah, yeah. Pressure. Like, I'll just give you an example. One time my sister thought she was gonna talk back to my mama. And <laughs> to this day, this is one of the funniest things in our neighborhood. My mom waited till Saturday. I guess she didn't have to go to work that day. My mom kicked her ass six times that day. Wow. Every time she thought about what my sister did, she kicked her ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's that shit you said? <laughs> well, every time she thought about it, she yeah. got up and beat her ass. Like, yeah. and I mean, seriously, like my brother mm-hmm. thought he was gonna do something one day and my mom gave him a couple. Oh yeah. And you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Rumble gave him a couple. Oh, I got that. Like, my like, mom boop, did me boop, the same boop, way like, too. You, you know what I mean? Day. And my yeah. sister got a couple up against the refrigerator one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I was like tripping on it because I was thinking, you know, but this was after welfare, because she went to nursing school. Yeah. Then they had on the J ward. She worked on the psych ward. Mm. And what we didn't know was when you work on the psych ward, they teach you self-defense. Mm, okay. So my right. mom was she came home to practice that shit. She came home to practice that shit. Nah, I just tripped because she knew how to like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. boom, yeah. and she knew how to like it was Man. it was weird. I watched it happen. I was like, oh <laughs> wow, mom got hands. Mom like, ass. It was weird. Man, my mama was the same way, bro. She gave it to me one time, bro, and I needed it. I was getting some height on me and smelling mm. my piss. I'm about 13, 14. Mm. She said something to me about some damn dishes or something, right? Mm-hmm. So I cut my eyes at her. <laughs> 
All I remember was all the the air leaving my body. I didn't even see it coming. She hooked around me, hit me right in the sternum. Wow. And so I go down, gasping for air. So not only did she still on me, but then she stood over me and said, don't you ever cut your mother eyes at me. Now wow. get up and act like you want to do something. Wow. She told me, now get up and wow. act like you want to do something. Get up and look <laughs> and at I'm me sitting like there you. like, oh, hold like, on. Give me CPR or some I never, and my daughter's a testament to this. You never heard me curse around my mother, Mm-mm. raise my voice, Mm-mm. nothing. Because I always had a healthy fear. Of Play my music, mother. rap music, yep. none of that. We, we did that. We had a healthy respect for our parents. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think my mother heard me curse until I was like 28, 29, right. 30 years old, something right. like that. Right. She never. You know what? We did, man. I, you know, I can't sit up here and say I was like a thug or nothing like that, man. Mm-hmm. But growing up where I grew up, bro, you had to. Yeah. You know what? You had to own. That's right. And you had to, you know, you had to walk around and you had to have your hat tilted mm-hmm. a certain way. You know what I mean? And so in the in the rich and in the bay, y'all didn't have gangs like in terms of Crips and Bloods like Southern California. So was it turf wars? Was it block? So like we had gangs, mm-hmm. but it wasn't Crips and Bloods. It was I, I think because I'm trying to remember <clears throat> growing up as kids. There weren't any gangs, but by the time we were 14 or 15 or something like that, I think maybe 12, it came, you know, it mm-hmm. came around. Mm-hmm. Like, cause there was always, you know, cause you had the Black Panthers, you had, you know, that type of atmosphere around you. So everybody wanted to be part of something. Mm-hmm. And I remember North Richmond, where my grandfather had a junkyard and my grand my auntie had a junkyard, and I think two of my aunties had junkyards. And, so I used to go to North Richmond all the time, but then my we lived in Easter Hill, but then my auntie lived on the South Side. So, you know, I was everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I had to go stay with my <clears throat> grandfather, or if I went over my grandfather's house, I had to worry about these boys called the PPHs. Mm-hmm. Pimp player hustlers. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and where we grew up, you know, yeah. everybody, nigga, this pimping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the Bay. Yeah. I ain't turned down nothing with my collar, nigga. This pimping. You'd be holding a receipt, getting ready to get on the bus, but you had to hold it a certain way. You feel me? Like, nigga, man, That's just right. transfer. That's nigga, right. Nigga, what? This, this pimping. No, seriously, man. I'm not playing. Oh, my God. <clears throat> but it was, you know, so anyway, yeah. yeah, pimp player hustlers. And then there was hard times which my next door neighbor ended up being a member, a hard time. So, you know, they was my people I grew up with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This family I grew up with, my boy Tony, he's still alive. His brothers are dead, Michael and Maurice. God bless mm-hmm. their souls. Um, you know, but yeah, it wasn't quite games, You know man. what? Let me ask you, OG, where did the whole Richmond, Oakland, divide and beef start? Where did that, was that in your day that that, that, that started was just, from? You know, that. I think that's just anywhere in any city in any town. Like mm-hmm. when I was growing up, we didn't mm-hmm. really have a beef beef with them. Mm-hmm. We used to have community football games against Oakland. And mm-hmm. I don't know who set them up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But we just knew, oh, football game at Kennedy High School Saturday, Richmond playing Oakland. Yeah. And you know, and you would just go. And mm-hmm. I, I don't even remember who set the games up, but it'd be a bunch of Oakland dudes mm-hmm. on that side and a bunch of Richmond dudes on this side. Mm-hmm. And we would play football. And I don't ever remember anybody getting killed or nothing like that. You know, somebody always would get in a fight, mm-hmm. maybe pull out a gun, you know, whatever. Yeah. But nobody ever shot anybody. So what did a young Glenn Plummer, what did you want to be 
when you was young? What did you aspire to be? Or was it always going, Was it, did you always have dreams of going into the arts or did you want to be a policeman? No, uh-uh, my mother, uh, well, I was going to be a doctor, actually, okay. to be honest with you. I went to pre, pre, pre-med school at um, Diablo Valley College and Contra Costa College. I was on my way to San Francisco State, but ended up dropping out to, and becoming an actor. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was pretty smart, you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. had a, you know, growing How'd up- How'd you get the acting bug though? Where did that come from? I took an acting class. Okay. I took an acting class. My boy, Gary Wayne Banks. What's up, fool? <laughs> um, if you see this. <laughs> we were at DVC, Diablo Valley College. We left our little hometown and went mm-hmm. east, you know, where the white folks were, because we wanted to mm-hmm. go to school. We didn't want to be at Contra Costa where all our homeboys were. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. let's go to DVC, man. Let's go out there and go. So we went and took, you know, pre-med, pre-pre-med classes out there. And then we ended up taking an acting class together. Mm-hmm. Never forget it. We had one improv and the dialogue <laughs> was uh, something like, wow, fancy meeting you up here. No, oh, you made it, huh? Or something like that, a fancy meeting you up here. And it was mm-hmm. me and him and we crawled over a table and act like we made it up to the top of this mountain. And man, we did that. And I swear to you, from that day, I knew it was something that I was going to be doing. Mm. Like, I knew. I was like, I'm doing this. Is this, that what made this, you drop this, out of medical? This, yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, so, so what kind of, what, what, what touched you with that? Like, what kind of, what, how did it make you feel? Did it make you feel free? Or what made you I, really lean into it? I always liked to roam. Mm-hmm. I, you couldn't hold me down. Mm. Right? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. And I think the reason I wanted to roam around so much is because I just always wanted to be free to be who I am. I used to do crazy shit. Like I would go to Berkeley and pretend I was Jamaican. Why? I don't know. <laughs> just cause. <laughs> For fun. <laughs> just cause. Like I would leave my hometown, uh-huh. you know. Did you know any Jamaicans? I, I, you know, I ran into a couple up at Berkeley Square. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, okay. I didn't know, not really. I don't even think I had a proper Jamaican accent. That's what bro. I was about to say. How did you execute the accent? Okay, so watch this. So I had a buddy named Fafa, right? He was from Haiti. Was there like a hustle to it or was there a goal? No, it wasn't. You just was pretending. He was from Haiti and we used to run around and we would go out and we would, you know, just be out after school because, you know, I was at DVC and he lived out in Walnut Creek. So me and him would go hang. And we would go to clubs, and you know, and he spoke, what are, what are the Haitians, that French? Uh, like Patois. Patois, French, mm-hmm. English, whatever they yeah. speak. So he spoke that. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And he would talk to me, and I would pretend like I was talking back. And then we would meet people, <laughs> and I would look at him. They'd be speaking yeah. English, and I'd be yeah. like, well, then, like looking at him yeah. like, translate. Yeah. And he would translate. And we would just, and I don't even know why I did it. I, we just did it, man. Yeah. I remember I, I got a girlfriend like that, and then I finally had to tell her I spoke English. Uh, so, like, you, so you got her with this fake ass Jamaican. Dude, I, 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 I Yaman. Let me, let me tell you. Did no, you even know why? Not even that. Wagwan? It wasn't even Yaman. Really? It wasn't that. No English. Uh huh. Oh. She would talk, he would translate, and I would smile. Oh, okay. And then, wow. <laughs> one time I went to go visit her, bro, and she was talking to me, and I, I don't, and I, mm-hmm. I just smile, mm-hmm. yeah. just, oh, God. 
Yeah. So you didn't even know the 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 greetings, the wagwan, the sakpase, none of that. I didn't know none of that. None of that. Now you know I know a few languages, but no, I didn't know none of that, bro. That was back in the day. So once you took your acting classes, what was when what was the moment that you knew that or the role that you got that you was like, okay, I'm gonna do this professionally. I'm gonna really Um, okay. We were at DVC. Um, my boy Gary Wayne Banks and I were taking acting classes. And we had a, a, a teacher, and his name was Lesler, Lesler Abbott. I think <clears> that's right. Lesler Abbott, he had a big beard. Shout and out these Lesler glasses Abbott. and this fuzzy hair, right? And um, <laughs> one day he came to class and he had shaved his beard. And on everything I loved, he looked like Gene Wilder. <laughs> just like Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder like he could have been the split image of Gene Wilder. And Gene me, Wilder did Arthur? He did, uh, oh. did you ever see that movie with Richard Pryor? Oh yeah, the, yeah. On the train? Uh, see no evil, hear no evil? No, no, the one day was on the train and he put on blackface stir and he gave the little stir crazy. Stir he gave the little yeah, Jamaican yeah. hat. Yeah. Isn't and he Wilder walked out uh, talking about, that's Holy right. Yep. Yeah. They walked into the prison, that's, that's right, we bad. <laughs> you remember? Oh, that was yeah. the funniest shit, Richard Pryor. Anyway, so. Yeah, I did that. We were taking acting classes and then I left. I went back home and I went to that college that I didn't want to go to because I wanted I, I was I got serious about it and I couldn't do it out there because I had to get a job and all that. So I moved back home with my mom. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was carrying like, you know, twenty eight units or something like that. And then, mm -hmm. you know, I transferred and and then I was still trying to do these pre med courses and then you know, do theater at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I had something like 38 or 40 units or something. Mm -hmm. And I was at school from like eight o'clock in the morning to two o'clock in the morning every day. Wow. Because I would go to regular school and then at, in the evenings I did all theater, just all wow. theater, right? Wow. And I was there and I, I, I literally fell in love with it. Like wow. if I couldn't act on stage, I was building sets. Mm. You know what I mean? So you just love being welding. Oh man, yeah. vacuum forming, mm -hmm. um, you know, wood stage stage construction, mm. hanging lights, laying floors, mm. cleaning Berkeys, like uh, building like that truss up there. I would have mm. welded that together. It wouldn't be connected with those C clamps. I would have welded that together. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm he telling said, Let me put you, you on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. yeah. No, seriously, yeah. is that aluminum or is that? That's aluminum. That's aluminum. Yeah, yeah. and I would have did it too. TIG welding. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll I, call you because we got to change this in a minute. Oh, really? Got to put it together? <laughs> oh, seriously, bro, because I did TIG, yeah. MIG, acetylene, and wow. arc welding, right? Wow. Certified in uh, 118 uh, acetylene welding, not acetylene, 118 arc welding. And uh, and then the uh, there was the other one, the inert gas, metal inert mm -hmm. gas. MIG, but it was the big wire. So I certified in that. So you're a tradesman. Yeah, man. For sure. Like, wow. seriously. Like, you know what I mean? So did you learn, did you, so like, are you a method actor or was it the Meisner technique or what did you, how did, how did you um, cultivate you know, your skill? Stanislavski, mm -hmm. you know, I took lessons. But see, here's the thing. <laughs> God, I can't believe I'm telling you this. I used to lie a lot. Mm -hmm. We knew always, from the Jamaican story. <laughs> <laughs> I, used to lie, I used to lie a lot, and I, not just not just that kind of lie. Uh -huh. Like I, we didn't have, like I said, projects, mm -hmm. no money. Mm -hmm. We outside one day. My boy Dollar Bill Hill, God rest his soul. Um, he, he had an affluent family that lived down the block. We was living in my mama's sister's house. Mm -hmm. She was still doing nursing, mm -hmm. but we was living in my mama's sister's house. So we, you know, we still didn't really have no money. 
My dad was around a little bit back then too. But Dollar Bill Hill was the only dude around who had a real leather jacket. This is how broke we was. I'm telling you now. He had, he's the only cat at like 12, 11, 13 that had a real leather jacket, mm -hmm. right? I wanted to have a jacket. So I was like, I got a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, man, you ain't got no clothes. I was like, I got a jacket. So then I had to go home and find the jacket in my closet. <laughs> and I went in my mama's closet and she had this fake black and brown fur coat. <laughs> and I went in the closet and I got that fur coat and I brought it outside <laughs> on my shoulder like it was my fur coat. And I, I that was one lie toy. I remember I took it all the way to the end. What like, is this, I, 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 that was, I think that's what the acting thing was. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like I didn't give up. Like yeah. I was not giving up. You yeah. feel me? Like, no, bro. I so you was looking like, like you was looking like Lenny from Good Time. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Lenny. <laughs> By this with a pin there. You know? yeah, yeah, and seriously though, and then I, I remember one time I told my friends that I got caught in the whirlpool. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't ask me how I made these stories up. So, so that landed to you being a, would you consider actors to be great liars? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So the better the actor, the better the liar. Hell yeah. Okay. Oh hell yeah! Okay, so I'm you had that to... I can look you in your eye like I'm looking you in your eye right now. Yeah. And tell you, no nah, man, I'm 26. <laughs> <laughs> and commit to that commit and, to and make I mean, no, no. I got you know, but you know, my family had alopecia, and so you know, seborrhea and psoriasis. That's why you see these lines on. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? But I'm really 26. Okay, okay. Like and sell that. that just right there on yeah. top, just right there, yeah. just bam, just right. in your face. Okay, yeah, I mean, so you had that gift intrinsically. Go ahead. Oh, no, I have a question because so for theater versus acting on film, do mm -hmm. you feel like you really got to cultivate that in theater because there's no takes? Anyway, that's where I started. That's where I started, not film. Mm -hmm. I started on stage, yeah. crazy on mm -hmm. stage. Behind the stage, okay, let me tell you this little story. I walk into the back. Hey, everyone. It's Justin Biggs here from the Biggs versus Biggs podcast. If you're a fan of sports podcasts, then be sure to check out and subscribe to Biggs versus Biggs. A show that covers upcoming fights, fight reviews, and interviews with some of boxing's brightest stars. And it's brought to you exclusively by Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators. Of a shop. Big, you know, 20-foot door, you know, 12 feet wide. Back of a college theater, big, you know, roll up door. I go in there and I'm looking around and I see the dude and I go, I want to audition for the play. And it, it, all the roles are filled, you know, um, but, you know, if you want to help out, you can help out in here. And I was like, yeah, I could do that. And the, the, the technical director, John Morocco, says to me, what do you know how to do? And I said, I know how to weld because I had gone to trade school and learned certified in welding. <laughs> and his mouth fell open. You do? He was, I, he was, I was like, yeah. And he was like, I need a set built. And he pointed me to one and a half inch steel pipe. And it was the whole set. Four 18 foot tall towers made out of one and a half inch pipe, you know, four feet around. They were put on these caster jacks. One side was the Emerald City, one side was the forest, one side was blank, and then one side was where the whiz was. You know what I'm saying? So we had to jack these up and spin them around, and that's how we changed the set. Mm -hmm. I built all four of the towers. 
Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes. I'm up on one of the towers one day. I'm up there. Um, what was I singing? Oh, there I go, there I go, there I go, there I go. Right? I'm up there doing some Bobby mm-hmm. McFerrin. Mm-hmm. Is that it? You can hold a little tune. I see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm up there doing that. And I got, I'm up on the tower mm-hmm. and I'm acetylene welding um, chain link fence mm-hmm. to one and a half inch pipe. Right? At first I welded the pipes together. Then I had to put this chain link fence around it. So I'm up there singing. And this dude comes running out the theater. You, I hate you, you mother, you, you out the, through the shop, out the back door, gone. The director, June Richards, come running after him. Darnell, Darnell, Darnell. And he ran out, left, bam. So she walking back through. And I'm up there, there I go, there I go, there I go. And she stopped. <laughs> and she looked up and she said, hey. I was like, yeah. She's like, can you act? And I told her. I took some acting classes at DVC. She was like, come down here. I went down there. She's like, here, read this. And she gave me the part of The Wiz. Wow. And I read it. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, read it like a preacher. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in the church. Mm-hmm. So I read it like a preacher. You got the part as the whiz. Hell yeah, right? Yeah. I was backstage building the set. Now I'm the whiz. I'm happy as hell. I'm building. I'm rehearsing at night. I'm building. I'm going to school. I'm coming, rehearsing, building, right? Got everything going on. A week later, that mother came back. Damn. Darnell? Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> he Fuck came Darnell. back. I know, right? <laughs> Darnell, right? Darnell. Yeah, he came back. She gave him the part back, and I ended uh, up being one of the uh, Emerald City people mm-hmm. and one of the monkeys. Oh, stop playing. <laughs> so, you know, my facial shape, kind of yeah. like Eddie Murphy's shape. Mm-hmm. You know, we got the same facial shape. I'm not saying I look like Eddie, yeah. but we the same shape, right? So, we had these yeah. orange wigs. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he did Velvet Jones, Velvet Jones on, on yeah. Saturday Night Live? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was Velvet Jones <laughs> in a psychedelic suit with an orange wig <laughs> playing an Emerald City person. And I, you know, and acting. So that's what I did, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how it all started. I was there and I did that. And that was my first gig. And then right after that, I went and auditioned for a play at the local community center, mm-hmm. East Bay Center for Performing Arts. And that's where I got all my chops. Mm. Little stage, about as big as this little piece right here, mm-hmm. 40 seats in a stage, little black box theater. O.G. Blackston, that was my dog. He was the technical director, director, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, caterer. He was everybody (laughs) there. And, and, you know, we did no place to, no, we did, uh, ah, what did we do? We did, what's the name of that damn play? It was a play about some dudes in prison. Mm -hmm. Short Eyes. Mm We did Short Eyes, and I played the old black dude. And then we did, uh, like, after he saw me do that, he came. No, what happened was I we did Raisin in the Sun, mm-hmm. and I played uh, Willie, mm-hmm. the dude who come in the house to tell. Not Willie. I played whatever the character was. So it was the lead dude, and I was the dude that came to tell him that Willie took our money and left. Right, you know, raising in the sun, mm-hmm. you know, to play. Yep. So I played the dude Bobo. That was the character. Bobo comes to tell uh, the lead dude that the money's gone. Come to tell Sidney Portier that the money's gone. And uh, that was the part I played. And I, we did that. Then we did Guys and Dolls. Mm-hmm. And I played Benny South Street. Spider mm-hmm. John mm-hmm. working out in the rain, the musical, right? Now right. I'm doing backflips off the. 
Wow. Who? The closing, the, the first act closed with me doing a backflip and us mm -hmm. singing Guys and Dolls. Mm -hmm. Just a guy, you know, for a gal, doll, doll. We did the high A, all that bullshit. And then we did that. Then we went back over there and did that play. And then we did another play. And then he wanted me to do this other play. And then he wanted to do this thing called Hunter, where I played this quadriplegic kid. Couldn't talk, couldn't see, couldn't hear, could only feel vibrations. Mm, kind of like the Jamaican. Yeah, the Jamaican, yeah. <laughs> and my, my mom had a boyfriend, right? And so the whole play was about this little kid named Hunter, 19 years old, mm -hmm. and all that, right? Crazy story. We do that play, and we finish, and we're coming out, and I walk out the back, and this lady's there, and she sees me, and she like gets weak in the knees, and she starts crying, and then, and I'm kind of going, you know, what's wrong with her? Like, and she looking at me like, you know, and I was like, what's what's wrong with you? And then so then I found out she was a quadriplegic counselor. Oh, wow. Or something like that. Mm -hmm. She thought I was really afflicted. Wow. So you did that good of a job. I'm just saying. Yeah. She thought I was really afflicted. The next Saturday or Sunday or whatever, she came back with like 20 kids in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, them ones. Mm -hmm. the, right? And brought them all to see the play. You wow. know? Right? Wow. wow. So I'm sure. I'll, go ahead. The reason I came to Hollywood, though, mm -hmm. is because my hero told me I was a good actor. Mm -hmm. My brother. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so he was my dog. He taught me everything. We grew up, you know, the whole dad, mom fighting and all that. Mm -hmm. We would go sit in the car and chill and talk to this day. He's still the, my best friend in the whole world, bar oh, wow. none. That's beautiful. My brother, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I used to, <clears throat> sorry about that. No, it's all good. <laughs> I used to think I was a badass, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm doing this community theater with these people and I'm telling them, man, y'all crazy. By the time I'm your age, cause they was 30, I think I was like 22, 23. By the time I'm <laughs> y'all age, you know, I'm gonna be in Hollywood doing my thing, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know. But we did that play and then my brother came to see me. And he said to me, he said, man, what you doing? I was like, what? He's like, what you doing? I'm like, what you mean? He said, you should be doing this professionally, <laughs> right? Two weeks later, I packed up my car and drove to Hollywood. True story. Wow. Yeah, because my homie, you still owe me money, bro, if you see this. <laughs> um, but yeah, he told me I should be in Hollywood acting as, you know, professionally. And I did. I packed my shit up and left. Wow. That's so the only reason I left. I would have still been in doing community theater and <laughs> yeah. whatever, whatever. But yeah, so my brother told me that. That's weird that that choked me up. I think yeah. I need to talk. Is to your him. brother still? He's still a yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I okay. told you. I just said that again. He owe, okay. he owed me money. Oh, <laughs> oh, your brother owed you money. Okay, How far apart are y'all? No, not owe me money. He said he was gonna give me some money. Yeah, oh. and I'm oh, still okay. waiting on that money. Up four years. Okay. Yeah. You know, okay. I mean, you 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 said you was the only child. I'm only child. See, you didn't. So here's here's what happened with me. Quick, I'll make this quick because mm -hmm. I know we probably we got other shit to do. Mm -hmm. But um, he was the brother that you know, cause he was he was better than everybody I ever saw in my life do anything I ever mm -hmm. seen anybody do in my life. Mm -hmm. We used to have fights, mm -hmm. right? I mean, not fights, but we used to play chess. You ever mm -hmm. play chess? 
Uh-uh. Okay, so we used to play chess, okay. right? You and your friends played chess. No hitting in the face. Yeah, that's right. But you could go to the oh, body. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, could yeah. go to the body as hard chess. as you yes. wanted, yes, right? That's right. Like, that's really? Right. I you did could, that. Yeah, yeah right? I was like, yeah, you yeah. did. You could go to the body as hard as you <laughs> wanted. That's right. That's and right. I used to watch him beat up, like, he was probably mm-hmm. about 175, 75 pounds. I used to watch him beat up 250 pound linebackers, yeah. 280 pound linemen. My mm-hmm. brother used to beat these fools to death. And then he would, play chess with me and I thought I was good, you know, and he would obviously knock me out or whatever. But <laughs> but the thing was, he would always want to do it with me. Yeah. And then he was the fastest tailback in the league, <clears throat> high school tailback in the league before he broke his ankle. He was the baddest tailback in the world. He played baseball. He was the baddest guard. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So my job was to keep up with him my whole right. life. Yeah. Right? And I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything he did, I did. Mm-hmm. And I mean that. Everything he did, I did. If he was out playing strikeout with his mm-hmm. partners, I was right there. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They couldn't strike me out. That was the mm-hmm. thing. And anytime we played football, street football, mm-hmm. first person he would pick yeah. was me. Because yeah. he knew if he threw me the ball, I was going to catch it. Yeah. I don't care if I had to die between some cars and hit my head <laughs> on the curb. If he threw me the ball, I was gonna catch you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was our relationship. I, I think that's why it kind of choked that, me. Up. And I was finna ask you, why do you think that emotion overwhelmed you in that moment? I was. I don't know because, like, you know, I, I I think back on it, and and of all the things, of all the things in my life, major decisions I ever made in my life, it was always me and him making them. Mm. You know, when I tell you, Steve. Oh, think about these moments, your mom and dad getting a fight. You 12, he's 16. All he want to do is go in there and beat my dad ass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He just want to go in there and fight. I don't understand the whole thing. And we can't do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So we got to go sit out in the car and decide what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's just me and him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's just me and him. Mm-hmm. Two boys sitting in the car. I was probably crying or something, you know, every time it happened. But he would just be there like, no, yeah. man, we got to do this. Yeah, we got to do that. Together. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. That was my dude. Like yeah. that was my that was, and still my dude. Like to this day, I still like we get on the phone and we can't talk about we can't even sit down and have a conversation unless it's dead ass mm-hmm. serious. Mm-hmm. Like if I called him right now, we'd end up talking about Beirut or you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, the war or mm-hmm. po- politics or yeah. religion. We'd end up talking mm-hmm. about something because yeah. that's how he and I communicate. Wow. We never communicate on no weather. What's up? Let's go yeah. have a beer, boy. Yeah. Never. It ain't never like that. It's always what it is. Whatever's going on in our lives at yeah. the moment, whatever's troubling us the most at the moment, that's what we talk about. We, yeah. There's no filter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like that was the man I cried in front of. Yeah. That's beautiful. And that man cried in front of me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We got to be the vulnerable. Exactly. Safe mm-hmm. place you know, for each other. We got to yeah. recognize our feminine side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Between he and I. And I think that made us. Do you think crying is feminine? Uh, as, as growing up in the 60s, absolutely. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think that was a feminine thing. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, men don't cry. You, but now that you're older, you know that's nah, not true. I know correct. it's not true. Yeah. No, yeah, I yeah. know. No, I'm just yeah. saying. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. growing up. No, I get it. And know, so let me ask you this. Go. Um, And it's, it's funny that you said that. So coming from the hood, 
Mm -hmm. You know, you're taught and you're trained to suppress emotions and not show emotions. Yeah. Did you struggle with that once you started? Because being a, a good actor, you have to be vulnerable. You have to be completely well, and totally transparent. And now you ask me why I became an actor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I could do and be mm. whoever I wanted to be. Right. However I wanted to be it. Mm -hmm. My very first role was Bobo. Bobo mm -hmm. walked in the house and had to be the guy to tell the other guy that that investment we made, the dude I hooked you up with, the dude I told you was real, that we should give our money to, ran off with our money. Walter mm -hmm. Lee, that was the character. Mm -hmm. Walter Lee was the lead, I was Bobo, I was the dude, and then Willie, <clears throat> this fictitious dude that nobody ever saw, ran off with his mama's inheritance. Like, you mm -hmm. know, cause that was mama's money that Walter took and mm -hmm. then, you know, so then he had to tell, it's gone, mama, the money. What you mean it's gone? It's gone. So-and-so ran yeah. off. So I had to cry in that, that very first part. I'll never yeah. forget it. Audition for that role, and I went up every time. Yeah. And anyways, yeah. So but, so when you, so let me ask you that. So crying, right? And yeah. you coming from the generation you came to and acknowledging that you seen it as feminine, something you couldn't do. What made you be, what place did you go to, you know, once you got grown and started acting that enabled you to to pull that emotion out. Wow. Did you catalog your emotions from something or did you were you in the moment with that? Dude, you know what's crazy? Just like I had that moment just now. Mm -hmm. I can have it again. That was fake. <laughs> I'm saying it was fake. So you ask me if you ask me if I could catalog it. But the thing yeah. is, is it's it's muscle memory now. Oh. You know what I know? Mm -hmm. I think everything is muscle memory. People like to recall or sense memory is what they call it, something in their past mm -hmm. that was, you know, traumatizing mm -hmm. to them. Dog died, or the mm -hmm. mother got hit by a car, mm -hmm. and things like that. You know what I know? When people cry, certain parts of their body get tight. They can't breathe. Mm -hmm. If you don't breathe, you become syllogistical. One thing leads to the next thing. You know what I mean? If mm -hmm. you breathe, you become intuitive. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So as humans, we walk around in a syllogistical state of mind all the time, mm -hmm. right? Because we're not using our full capacity of oxygen that we should be using. Mm -hmm. So half the time we walking around sleep mm -hmm. as I take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. So acting wise, mm -hmm. I know that if I need to find an emotion, if it's something that's supposed to be traumatizing <clears throat> or if it's supposed to be, you know, any, cause excitement mm -hmm. and fear is I think basically the same thing depending on the situation you're in. Mm -hmm. Like if you get on a roller coaster and you, you hit that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or if you riding around and you, you know, something's coming, it's, mm -hmm. it's you know, or if you win a million dollars or get paid <laughs> half a million dollars, it's that same excitement. Mm -hmm. And it's the same across the board, except the situation determines how you react to it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Wow. So for me, acting is, is that. I don't have to catalog. I don't mm -hmm. have to. I don't, it's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's in my, it's yeah. in my DNA, man. Yeah. I, I really it's do innate. believe it's in my DNA. I mean, that was impressive. Because yeah. I, I believe you. I know, I just when you did it, I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't mean to trigger him. <laughs> like, again, you right? know what I mean? So, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, and it's the same with, with, with you know, with, with, with um, elation. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if mm-hmm. if you if you ever want to get happy about something, mm-hmm. think of, think about something happy, mm-hmm. but don't smile. Mm. And I guarantee you, it'll feel better if you smile. It don't feel right. as good, but if you right if you think about it and you try not to smile, it'll go through you. Yeah. If you pull that that memory, or if you <clears throat> get that 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 muscle reflex, and mm-hmm. you try not to cry, mm-hmm. the tears will come. Mm. You know what I mean? You know, I, I I did a movie in last October, and I had to do a scene where I, I had to cry. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember before. 20 years ago, I didn't have it in me. I couldn't right. do that, right? right? I couldn't be that that vulnerable. What I did was, so before we started shooting, I know what'll take me there. Mm-hmm. And you probably know too, what'll mm-hmm. take me there. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about my mom before I was going on camera. Mm-hmm. And I knew that was gonna open it up. You know what I mean? Because my mother passed away in 2010. Oh, and so sorry to hear that. when we bro. sat down, right? And I started, the thing about it, because I cataloged that emotion, all that came out. But when they said cut, I couldn't stop. Right. <laughs> I couldn't stop. Right. And so the dude that was next to me, uh, he played my lawyer in the scene, and he just started rubbing me on the back. And he was like, I know where you went with that. He said, I know what that is. Right. You know, and it was like, I just couldn't stop. And I was like, I got to get a hold on that. I had to figure out how to do that some other type of way. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, breathing helps. Mm-hmm. Breathing helps. Mm-hmm. And you want know people cry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They ain't they. <gasps> yeah. <sighs> right. You can let it go. Right. right. They cry because it. Mm-hmm. That, hey, even when you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some kids just it was a long. Ah, yeah, I ain't yeah, never yeah, breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but yeah. I mean, acting class, one-on-one. And then, you know, for me, acting is is also, you talk about Stanislavski. Okay, yeah, that's a method. Mm-hmm. I won't go run a marathon to be tired. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm not going to do that. Right. You know what I mean? I, I made run in place a few we were doing colors one time and I was finna go to go to colors. Huh? I was finna go to colors. You were? Yeah, we were doing colors. And um I I had a scene where I got beat up in jail and and I had to, you know, I had to be messed up and put all this makeup (laughs) on my face and I I I I guess it wasn't working for Dennis. He was the director, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. And he comes up to me and he goes, Come on, Glenn, man, what you gonna do? I was like, what you mean? He said, I mean, so how you gonna get this? Like, you need to stand up and spin around in a circle 50 times? Like, I was like, yeah, that might work. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, because he walked back over to the camera and said, okay, everybody, shut up. Glenn go spin around in a circle 50 times. And when he sit down in that chair, that's action. Yeah, wow. Right? Uh-huh. So I did it. Uh-huh. Spun around, dude. And I really? sat down, and I was going, woo! And um, ah, what's his name? He started yeah. asking me questions. The sheriff, though. Yeah, he yeah. started asking me questions. And I was sitting there like this, trying to answer Yeah, him. you was. Because he was like, <laughs> I don't know what you know. Yeah. yeah. He was like, tell him about sugar yeah, the bear. Yeah. Give me some of that good juicy. And I was yeah, like, give me dude, some of that good if you knew right now, you were whirling around in a circle. Oh, wow. Six That's how you girls. pulled that scene Yeah, out. you That's know, crazy. so, yeah. So, yeah, some method, whatever, mm-hmm. you know. That was early on. That was like mm-hmm. the third movie I did. Yeah. Um, what are I, some of your memorable stories from filming uh, Colors? Because I think that's when I got introduced to you as an actor. Well, as well. you know, I, I, there's a lot of memorable, memorable stories from that, and you know, this is a podcast, and, and and I always get caught 
telling this story. And I, you know, I want to make it clear mm-hmm. first and foremost that, uh, you know, Sean Penn is probably one of the quintessential actors in this business. That's right. But I did a movie with the dude and, you know, he was on some other whatever and we got into it. Mm-hmm. And that was a memory for me, you know, he like, you know, we I got was going to say that fight scene, that look almost real. But you know what? It, it wasn't though. The mm-hmm. thing is, is that, okay, so we did a scene in the alleyway. Mm-hmm. I had to run. Yep. He wanted it to look real. And I told him, I was like, well, I told them, I said, man, you got me in jeans and some tennis shoes. Mm-hmm. And this dude is wearing a police uniform with a police belt, a gun, right. walkie-talkie, bulletproof vest, mm-hmm. boots. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I take off running down that alley and he got to get out the car. Yeah, you're not going to catch me. Yeah. He, I'm going to be gone before right. he mm-hmm. before the door closes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be gone. Mm-hmm. He going to open the door and I'm going to be down the block. Right. And they didn't believe me. Mm-hmm. So they said, oh, let's just do it and see what happened. And so... The first one, he opened the door, he took two steps, and I was over the fence mm-hmm. that I was supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, that yeah. was like 40 mm-hmm. yards down there, you know, because mm-hmm. right. I had on some tennis shoes. I was 25 years yeah. old. I probably I ran a 4 five, 40 at the time. Yeah. Huh? You had on Adidas outfit or something? Yeah, like yeah. yeah, sweat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, yeah. I, I fucking ran a 4 five, 40 when I was in high school. Yeah. Like, dude, you're not catching me. <laughs> yeah. Even if you had on some track shoes, you're not catching <laughs> you're not me. Catching me yeah. You would have to be somebody that was, yeah. you know, was seriously athletic. Yeah. You're not going to catch me. Right. You know, I'll run, cut, and catch a football, and still I'll run you. Or I will let you stand right here and hold my arm, yeah. yank away from you, and you're not going to catch me. Right. You're not going to catch me getting a... So anyway, we did it, and he got frustrated. So finally, we decided that, you know, be, I, like six feet from the fence, I would jump. Mm-hmm. and land on the fence mm-hmm. as opposed to hitting the fence and flipping yep. over like we did when we was kids. Right. You know how we used to jump fences. Exactly. Zoom. Sure. It didn't stop nothing. You just hit the fence and went over it, right? Mm-hmm. So I jumped on the fence, landed on it, and you know, then he ran up and caught me, and then you know, he slammed my head down on the car, mm-hmm. and one of them times, he got a little excited, and he instead of him slamming me down once, he slammed me down twice. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't ready for it because I had my hands behind yeah. my head. And he pushed my face into the hood of a car. Wow. Boom. And so we had words and I told mm-hmm. him, I'm going to you up, man. And then he was like, I don't feel pain. And we went through this whole thing. And so we had this little tiff. Yeah. on the. We had a scene in the kitchen where we had to fight. Yep. And I was supposed to hit him with this frying pan. Mm-hmm. But they cut that part and they only let me knock the gun out of his hand with the frying pan. Because mm-hmm. that little thing we had, mm-hmm. it was kind of... Touchy. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, I'm an actor. Right. You don't get to abuse me, bro. Exactly. And then he was like, whatever, you know, let's, uh, we'll see. And I was like, okay, there's a scene where I hit you with a frying pan. Mm-hmm. We're going to see how that works. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, seriously, we did. Yeah. It was kind of touchy. And so then when it came time to do it, they took it out. And I only knocked the gun out of his hand with the frying pan. And then we did a whole thing. But then the choreographer came and um, he told me something about, you know, he switched the choreography. And I was like, okay, well, make sure you tell Sean. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at that point, it was later on in the movie. And, mm-hmm. you know, we go, I'm going to get you. I don't feel pain. I'm going to get you. I don't feel pain. You know, mm-hmm. method. He was real method, Sean. 
He's a great actor, but method. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we going back and forth, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But by that time, it wasn't, you know, mm -hmm. anything serious. We wasn't, yeah. I wasn't finna do, do nothing to this dude. Where do you, you think know? that energy from him was coming from? I think because he's method. Mm, okay. You know, okay. you want to talk about method? That's a method actor. Okay. You know, did you, you guys after everything wrapped, did y'all ever get a chance to run into each other and like laugh about we it? We had a little party. We yeah. went, you know, kind of hung out a little bit at this place mm -hmm. called On the Rocks once. Mm -hmm. I think his dad might have been there that day. Mm -hmm. I know um Harry Dean Stanton might have been there that day. Mm -hmm. You know, we was up there having a little Yeah. You know, it was only a few people up there. Mm -hmm. It's kinda you know the Roxy? Yep. Okay, so next yep. to the Roxy, there's so a door. Yep. And you can go upstairs. Okay. There's a bar up there. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know about it, but there's a bar up there. Mm -hmm. A couple little private hideaway rooms where you yeah. got to crawl behind it. <laughs> you know, like hidden yeah. rooms. You like okay. you open a thing, you got to crawl in, yeah. and it's got lounged out. You know, yeah. you got to be down here because the roof right there. Yeah. And you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, you know, you lounging in that motherfucker. It's cool. <laughs> you know, whatever. I used to party a lot when I was in Hollywood. Yeah. Um. But I guess it's not hidden anymore. I just told the world. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> you know, but that's, that's a, that shit yeah. was there. So we Wait. was up there and we danced and had fun, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it was cool, you know. And he invited me to a reading he had one time. And I think uh, Tom Cruise was there and some other people mm -hmm. was there, you know. So that Were was you in the know of the L.A. gangs and the, the Bloods and Crips when you did that? that when I did Colors? Yeah. No. So I that wasn't was all in the new know. to you. That was, that was, that was, I mean... Did you research? Did you do your research? Or you just went with the script and you just pulled what you knew from the streets? Yeah, well, see, because, okay, so back up. How I got the job, that was a whole thing in itself. Mm -hmm. I met a guy who wrote the script. Mm -hmm. Michael Schiffer wrote Colors. He was at an agency party. And I was at the agency party and I had my friend Jeff with me and we were at the agency party. And he saw us and he said, man, y'all look like y'all could be in my movie. Right? Mm -hmm. And we were like, yeah, whatever, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. You know, Hollywood talk. Hollywood, yeah. Whatever. But then it came up. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, he wasn't bullshitting. They're auditioning for colors. What's going on, everybody? This is Dr. Shonda, and I am here from the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast. If you're a fan of psychology and mental health, be sure to check out and subscribe to the Paging Dr. Shonda podcast, a show that covers and talks about buzzing topics in pop culture, mental health in the black community, and faith-based topics. And it's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators.